Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, the offseason is finally here for the UCF Knights, and there is a lot to discuss. Do we have a new quarterback going to be coming to Central Florida, and what transfers are in and out as of today? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. The only people that don't get time off this time of the year are pro athletes and us at Bet Online. With NFL, bowl season, and NBA in full swing over the holidays, BetOnline isn't taking a second off to make sure you have all of the up-to-the-second odds, news, and info. BetOnline has all the sports-raging info available you need with both desktop and mobile access. Head there today to get into the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Guys, it's um, Quarterback Watch 2.0, as we all know. Uh... <laughs> It's funny, right? We get season ends poorly, right? Season ends poorly. You lose to Georgia Tech in the Gasparilla Bowl, not the way you want to end your season. We talked about it on Sunday, and you know there was a lot of you know vitriol and animosity on Twitter. But then, of course, as soon as you start to get news about the next season, as soon as you start to kind of see what you have, who's transferring out, which we'll get into towards the end of the episode, and who you think about can come in. Your mind starts to go to a different place. Your mind starts to think, huh, are are we going to be better? Is there going to be much improvement? Because again, if you think about it before the bowl game, everybody and their mother's mother was saying, UCF's going to take a leap next year. We know they don't have John Rice Plumley next year, but they're going to figure it out. They've got pieces coming back. And then obviously it gets announced RJ Harvey, Javon Baker are both coming back. And you're like, this offense is going to be elite. You have to figure out the defensive side of the ball, but offensively, it's looking pretty good. Then you lose to Georgia Tech and people go up in flames and complain and say, this is just not it. This is not it. And listen, Call it like it is. I mean, the bowl loss was disappointing. It's two straight years you've lost a bowl. Gus Malzahn is 1-2 in bowl games at UCF, with one of them being one of the biggest wins in program history. But it, it called like it is. We haven't won a bowl game in two years. I said last season, I don't really consider, you know, it was disappointing. But at the same time, you just lost a conference championship game. John Rice was still really banged up. You had a lot of transfers out, and that kind of just was a perfect storm, right? And Duke was on the rise with quarterback Riley Leonard. This season, you kind of felt that was way more of a disappointment. And we talked about it on Sunday's episode, how we had everybody playing. Georgia Tech basically had everybody playing. And you felt like you can go win a game in a stadium. You have a lot of wins in a familiar atmosphere, a bunch of fans. We've said all that. Well, now you're in the offseason, and we've talked about it, and I've said personally, and I will stand by what I've said, is Tim McLean will not be QB1 next year. Um, I don't feel that. 
I've listen. If the coaches were confident, right? If the coaches were that confident in Timmy McLean, they wouldn't be looking this hard for a quarterback. Now, granted, I think it's all about fit. Uh, I think fit comes into play here significantly, right? I don't think they're just going to go grab a quarterback and say, "Hey, we just need we need a starter, regardless of how you play, who like what you do on the field. We just need a quarterback, right?" I think Timmy fits their system very well, right? But again, I think the worst thing that could happen in that bowl game was Timmy coming in, throws a deep pass to Javon Baker, and then an interception. That's the epitome of the Timmy McLean experience, it seems like, right? Makes 10 really good plays, right? Where you're like, okay, he's figuring it out, he's settling in, and then he makes one boneheaded play that really costs you a game. One to two boneheaded plays, might I add. Not, Not just a couple, one to two to three, every game that he plays in, which will lose you the game. And if I'm a coach and I'm looking at the roster and I'm looking at who you're playing next year in the schedule, in in generalize in football, you make one to two to three boneheaded plays that causes turnovers or really causes your team to lose a football game, at some point that's going to get in a coach's mind and say, we can't get to where we need to get with this guy. Now, with that being said, do I think Timmy McLean can win UCF football games? Do I think Timmy McLean could be the guy next year to get UCF to where they want to go in year two in the Big 12? Absolutely. I think, again, a full offseason again, another off another offseason under Darren Henshaw. I, I think Timmy McLean can get there. Do I think the coaches believe it? To a degree. But I think the coaches also want a bona fide, clear-cut starter that either can really compete with Timmy and kind of potentially take the reins or a guy that just comes in flat-out QB1. We thought it was Grayson McCall. It was between us and NC State. Chose to stay home. And then UCF fans, you know, I think... It's very interesting. I'm going to read some of your guys' comments on Twitter because I put out a tweet yesterday, um, and we'll get into it with Pete Nankos and uh, what he was saying about the KJ Jefferson to UCF rumors. And this is what we're talking about today. Is KJ Jefferson going to be a night? Seems like it's trending that way. Right now, nothing is done until it's done. I think the dead period doesn't open up until January 3rd. Uh, K.J. Jefferson is in Orlando, which I find very interesting. Uh, He's visiting one of his older teammates, but I find it still very interesting. I'm sure there's a little bit of let's go to campus and let's go around and look, Um, but it's a dead period until January 3rd, so he can't technically officially visit uh, UCF. So it's, it's, it's very interesting that he's coming a little bit early, but nonetheless, UCF seems like they're going after KJ Jefferson. Now, I think it, uh, a lot of this depends, number one, on NIL. Number two, if Miami's going to get Cam Ward. And number three, if Florida State gets Cam Ward. I think, or if Cam Ward goes to um, the NFL. Because I think Miami definitely needs to bring in a quarterback. They're kind of in the same boat as us where they got a lot of young guys. Tyler Van Dyke transfers out. They got a, young, a lot of young guys, but they kind of need that bridge guy. They need a bridge to see who's on our roster for the 25 season. Who's going to be that starter for the 25 season? That's all UCF is looking for. Is UCF is looking for a bridge one-year type of guy that can come in, 
do really well in the Big 12 in year two. Because that's the thing. Not a lot of people are discussing this. A lot of people, and we'll go through some comments, a lot of people that are discussing, let's just go with the guys on our roster. Let's go Timmy McClain. Let's go Riley Trujillo. Let's go EJ Colson. Let's go Dylan Risk. Let's go Xavier Williams. Hell, even Gunner, which is, I don't understand that. But a lot of people are saying, let's just go with the guys on our roster. Right? We've got the guys on the roster. Here's the problem with that. Number one, it's, year one is important. But year two is significantly more important. Even significantly more important than year three. Because by year two, you kind of have... If you over... I think year one, UCF met expectations. Met it. Right? They didn't go over it. They didn't go under it. They met expectations. Year two, you need to not exceed expectations. But you need to take a jump. You need to take a step. Because if you stay at that 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five level... You're going to, it's, again, not saying this will happen, but a lot of people look at that and say, okay, year two, they won maybe an extra game or they stayed the same. What's going to take for them to take that next step, right? So UCF is not going to want to just stay in that little sweet spot. They're going to want to jump. They're going to want to go up. So the coaches are looking for that guy. Because they think, and I think the coaches, and I think I can say this pretty confidently, I think the coaches believe their quarterback of the future is on the roster, right? Between Riley, between Dylan, between EJ, I think they can safely say they have a quarterback that will start for 2025. Now, granted, they won't know until they lace them up and throw them out there, right? But to go to KJ Jefferson... After this long discussion of quarterback, you know, thoughts and um, what coaches are thinking, etc. KJ Jefferson, like everybody is saying, is the perfect quarterback for the Gus system. And we talked about Grayson McCall and how perfect he would be. Guy that can throw it, guy that can run it, run that kind of Gus system that you would like. I think everybody is looking at the comparison and we're not seeing the same type of player because Cam Newton is just an anomaly in college football and football in general. But if you look at just K.J. Jefferson and what he's done, 6'3", 247. Can run the hell out of the ball, can pass the ball. Um, now, Arkansas wasn't that good. Let's call it like it is, right? I mean, uh, Arkansas under new defensive coordinator Travis Williams just wasn't that good. Now, K.J. also dealt with some injury problems throughout the year. Um, did play basically every game. Um, I, I think he got hurt in the Mizzou game. Um, but when you look, this was his more so down year, right? He didn't have like a um, crazy year when it came to his stats. I mean, he had a much better last two seasons prior to this one. Um, in 2021, obviously, that was the year that he kind of came onto the scene, threw for uh, 2,600 yards, 21 touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, in 2022, threw for 24 touchdowns, five interceptions, and then last year, a little bit of a down year, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Now, with that being said, we that excites you because, again, number one, SEC quarterback. Uh, number two, guy that is, you know, built pretty, pretty steadily uh, and can run the football. And number three, it looks like he is a perfect Gus quarterback guy. Number four, even, 
he only has one year of eligibility left. So everything that UCF is looking for in a can fit the system, can be used as a bridge, can be a great mentor to our young guys, a guy that's been in the SEC, the guy that's won a bunch of games in the SEC, can come in, start, play the next year, and kind of mentor those young guys and say, hey, teach him some stuff that he knows. Hey, see how he comes into work every day. They've already seen it with John Rice. Now they could see it with K.J. Jefferson. Again, running the football. When K.J. Jefferson starts and runs the football, he's elite. Um, Again, he was down a little this year in running the football. He only ran for 447 yards on 161 carries and two touchdowns. If you go look at his previous two years, I mean, in 2022, he had 158 carries for 640 yards and nine touchdowns. And then in 2021, 146 carries, 664 yards, and six touchdowns. Again, when you look at how UCF runs their offense with a running quarterback, um, I don't think Arkansas, especially last year, new offensive coordinator, again, that has to be something. And listen, Arkansas offense wasn't amazing the last two years, but I think the bright spot and the reason you kind of looked at Arkansas and say they can win any given Saturday was K.J. Jefferson and what he can do with the football. You put K.J. Jefferson, I think this is what is getting everybody excited, right? Is you bring in K.J. Jefferson to a Gus Malzahn UCF style offense, the Big 12 needs to watch out. And listen, I'm, this is no fan speak. This is simply just looking at how UCF did on offense last season, right? Timmy McLean is not a runner. Uh, Timmy McLean is elusive, and he can run if needed, but Timmy McLean's not a runner. Uh, John Rice couldn't really run like himself for half the season. It, it, hell, even 75% of the season. A healthy KJ Jefferson and a Gus Malzahn offense is scary. Because it is going to be the Gus Malzahn offense that everybody knows and loves with a guy that is built like a tank, can run people over, and can throw the football. That's scary. On top of it, as of right now, you're getting RB1 back. You're getting wide receiver 1 back. Still waiting to hear if wide receiver 2 is coming back. That's a scary thing. And if I'm KJ Jefferson and I'm looking, what is the best opportunity to get me to the NFL. What is the best opportunity to put a really good final year on tape? Because that was ultimately, if KJ Jefferson had a better year, he was probably going to the NFL, right? Like KJ Jefferson was getting ready prior to this season. He was getting ready training, assuming that this next, this past season was going to be his final season. Didn't end up working out because Arkansas was just not very good. KJ Jefferson didn't put a lot of, necessary things on tape that he needed to. But again, I think if you go look at this past season, which I think is very important, with an Arkansas team that, just call it like it is, wasn't that great, right? You know, lost to BYU, and I know BYU fans started to be like, oh, well, we already beat him. They lost 38-31. to uh, Again, defensively, you give up 38 points to BYU. That's a Travis Williams special right there. Um, lost by three to LSU at LSU, who was number 12 in the country at the time. Um, did lose by 12 to Texas A&M. They went on a, what, six-game losing streak? They went on a six-game losing streak at that time, then fired their OC. Uh, but, I mean, you lost by 12 to Texas A&M, lost by seven to number 16 Ole Miss. 
lost by three to number 11 Alabama, and then a really bad game against Mississippi State, seven to three. That was the worst game of uh, Arkansas's entire season. It was a seven to three uh, loss. Well, the Auburn 48 to 10. That was pretty bad too. And the 48 to 14, but that wasn't really KJ Jefferson. KJ Jefferson got hurt. So when you go look at the season, they had wins. It was a really bleak season for Arkansas. I mean, I, did they have a big or a SEC win? I don't think they had an SEC win. No, or they had one. They beat Florida. They beat Florida with Jefferson actually having a pretty good game. Uh, they beat Florida 39 to 36 in overtime. He went 20 of 31 for 255 two touchdowns and an interception, and then ran for 92 yards and a touchdown on 17 carries. So uh, the one SEC win that uh, Arkansas had was against Florida. So take that for what you will. But besides that, uh, they lost to you know f- uh, fellow Big 12 team, BYU. Um, they beat Western Carolina, Kent State, only beat Kent State 28-6, to and then beat Florida and beat FIU. So... Arkansas was just not good, but I think when you look at everything surrounding Arkansas, you can't put all the blame on KJ Jefferson, but he didn't have the year that he wanted to, but I think what's getting people excited and hyped and intrigued is KJ Jefferson and Gus Malz on offense. It's, I think right now, it's between us and Miami. That's kind of everything we've heard, and um, listen, I'm going to find my tweet, but uh, yesterday, um, I was... You know, scrolling through Twitter and saw that, um, you know, there was a clip or some that, that basically it was assumed that Jeff, KJ Jefferson was kind of leading in the pack for UCF. And uh, Pete Nakos with On3 uh, kind of said, I see KJ Jefferson trending to UCF right now uh, because the co host, I don't know, the um, Andy Shaples, or Staples um, basically said, like, if. Cam Ward doesn't go to Miami. Are we assuming that is KJ Jefferson? And he says, no, I, I see, you know, I see him trying to UCF. Now, again, anything can happen. If K, if Cam Ward says, I'm going to the NFL, or Cam Ward says, I'm going to uh, Florida State, then yeah, I think that opens up something that I think you could see KJ Jefferson end up going to Miami potentially. But then again, if KJ Jefferson is looking at it from a, I want to go to the NFL next year, I've put really a good two solid good years of tape where it's kind of the NFL style. He he plays like an NFL in an NFL quarterback in today's league. Right? A guy that can run, guy that can throw, can guy that can get out of the pocket and make something happen with his legs. Again, last year didn't have as good of a year, but I mean, 19 touchdowns to 8 interceptions, couple touchdowns on the ground in the SEC, I think would do really well if you got that same production. But I think UCF can heighten that production and get him back to the 2021-2022 KJ Jefferson more than the 23 KJ Jefferson. Now, the question is, would he pick us or would he pick Miami? And that's when I go back to NFL. That's his aspiration. He wants to go to the NFL. Who's going to get you the NFL more? Miami? UCF. Now, you can make the argument UCF has not really, again, you had Dylan Gabriel, but Miami gets guys in the league. That's understandable. UCF has also got guys in the league, but maybe not to the same uh, clip that Miami has over their generations of of being a, a program, right? Let's look at Tyler Van Dyke. At Miami, Tyler Van Dyke came into Miami, and people were like, Tyler Van Dyke's going to get drafted. 
He's going to play one or two years in Miami. Easily going to get drafted. Tyler Van Dyke's no better getting drafted now than when he started at Miami. Miami didn't develop him at all. Uh, Miami runs a, a, a different system than what I think KJ Jefferson would like. I think the going to Miami is one thing. But if KJ Jefferson goes to Miami, if you're Mario Cristobal, you have to think, eh, I have to change a little bit of how I want to want to play this game. You can't play, play a necessarily pro style. You have to kind of put it into your quarterback's hands. Now, I think KJ can play that style too. But what makes KJ an elite quarterback in college football is what he does with his legs. Running a Gus Malzahn type of offense. And let's call it like it is. Next year in the ACC, you have a bunch of different opponents. You got Louisville, who's going to play really well. You got Florida State. You got Clemson, who's going to come back. You've Miami's not winning the ACC next year. They're not. And I guess Miami fans, if any of them are watching, they'll clip this and just put it in their bag when they ultimately don't win the ACC. If you're KG Jefferson and you're looking at UCF, not saying UCF's going to win the Big 12, but the Big 12's wide open. The Big 12 is wide open. So would I rather go to Miami, who's definitely not going to win the ACC, who doesn't really run a system that fits my game, or would I rather go to UCF with Gus Malzahn, with Darren Henshaw, who will really develop me, who will run the offense that I like to run, and in a league with a lot of exciting games, but a lot of winnable games, with the team that's on the cusp of breaking breaking off in the Big 12. I could definitely see KJ Jefferson becoming a knight. Um, again, for fans that aren't aware, again, the dead period is t- until January 3rd. So you can commit, but you can't take visits. So I'm, again, assuming that KJ Jefferson, he is in Orlando right now. He's not taking an official visit. Uh, I'm assuming that he will be committing probably... Very soon, but maybe somewhere around first week, second week of January. Uh, Because my guess is he will take a visit here. He'll take a visit to Miami. Um, But we'll see. The fact that um, Pete Nako said that I see KJ Jefferson trending to UCF right now makes me think the thought is that Cam Ward is going to go to Miami and then he'll come here. But I also think if Cam Ward ends up not going to Miami, I still think in my best guesstimate, I think KJ Jefferson will be a knight. Let's read some of your comments. Um, at Golden Knight uh, 2 said, won't happen in my opinion. Grayson was a better fit for our offense from what I've seen. He doesn't move the needle much for us. I disagree. Uh, I do think Grayson was a great fit for the offense, but I think both of them do very similar things. And the only difference between these two is Grayson McCall played at Coastal Carolina and KJ Jefferson played in, in the SEC. Um, that doesn't take anything away from Grayson McCall because again, I actually think I was... Ultra excited for Grayson McCall, and I think if he was in the Gus offense, he would do just as good. Um, but I think what excites me about the KJ Jefferson aspect is the size. Um, he can do kind of what Grayson does. I think Grayson is a better thrower of the football um, by a hair, but I think KJ's running ability um, and the size that he has is the difference, which really excites me a little bit more than Grayson. Um, but I would have been happy, really happy with Grayson, as you guys know. Um, at UCF underscore Space Ranger said, I think if we get a guy like KJ on our offense, takes a step up next year, which is crazy to think about. If we can secure some linebackers and not shoot ourselves in the foot next season, we could have a shot at making a run for a Big 12 championship game. Listen, that's the thing. Things can change really quick. Mindsets can change really quick. 
The fact that, oh, if we get K.J. Jefferson, we can make a run, especially if we get linebackers. That's 100% accurate. Now it's going to be tough because right now I think UCF has made some some additions in the transfer portal and they will continue to do so. There's been nothing in the linebacking room that I've seen that has changed or will make anything different uh, out of the linebackers. Now, granted, they might think that the linebackers are on a roster out of some young guys, and we'll see that as we get closer, especially in the spring game. Um, but yeah, 100% accurate. That that could happen, but we'll see. Um, at Chris Bagman Cap said need. Yes, we definitely need um, KG Jefferson, but we need a quarterback. So this is definitely one that we would like, uh, but we'll see what happens. Anything can happen in college football. Um, at eBell90, good insurance if it happens. A few years back, Wimbush transferred in and got beat out by an in-house QB, but it was good to know he was there just in case. That is a good comparison. Now, the thing with Wimbush was Dylan Gabriel at the time was the highest-rated quarterback recruit we brought in. He was recruited by McKenzie Milton to come to UCF. Obviously, tragic. McKenzie gets hurt. You know, we all know what happened, right? But you kind of had a feeling, even from when Wimbush came in. Because, yeah, Wimbush, you had the assumption Wimbush would come and be QB1. But even from the first couple days of practice, what you were hearing was, this kid is special. Like, this kid could beat out Wimbush. Um, and technically, it, he did. But I think this might be a little different. I think similar, but different. They'll bring in KJ Jefferson saying he's he's QB1, right? Like, it's same thing with Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall was coming in to be QB1. Timmy McClain would be QB2. I think this is going to be the same thing. And hey, if if for some reason, you know, KJ gets beat out, then he gets beat out. But I, I do like that that assessment. Um, at Evan Lando underscore said, Cam Newton 2.0, let's go. Yeah, a lesser version, but you can make that comparison. You can make that comparison because, again, very similar with how they what they do. Gus Malzahn, it's kind of a perfect, perfect comparison uh, in this day and age. Um, at Bearcat Vol says, it doesn't throw me to say it, but that would be a hell of a get for UCF. Um, I'm assuming he's a Bearcat fan. Yep, uh, that's interesting. He's a Cincy fan and a Tennessee fan. Um which is interesting, but that would be. And I think Big 12 fans know it. Uh, so if he did come to UCF, that would be a very interesting summer with UCF fans and Big 12 fans alike. Um, at Randall Cunnan 10, let's see what we have in Dylan, Riley, EJ, or Gunner. Well, Randall, let me kind of say this. Number one, Gunner Smith is not going to be in contention for any type of starting quarterback job. Ever. He is a depth piece. This is what, you know, college football is. Just like Xavier Williams last year, he came in as more for a depth option. He will not see a game for UCF. Dylan and Riley or EJ, I'm not saying they won't. And yeah, you do you definitely want to see what you have in those guys. There's no way they're coming in. Dylan is the only one out of those three that has a shot because he's at least played a year he will not start next year, right? There's a reason they're going after a bridge guy. They want those guys to get a year or an extra year of development. And if you throw them into the, the fire in year two in Big 12, 
And again, they probably wouldn't. It'd probably be Timmy McClain. So you're saying, let's see what we have in these guys. You didn't mention Timmy. As of today, Timmy McClain is your QB1. So I get it. And that's why I think this is the perfect quarterback. It's a one-year rental. It's a bridge guy that can help these guys. And it gives these guys an extra year to develop to where when you go into the 2025 season, it's a three-headed race to see who's who's QB1. Right? So that's the way I look at it. Um and somebody comments on his thing and said, I much prefer this. Uh, at Cashflow Carney said that he prefers um, to let's see what we have in the young guys. And listen, it's not a wrong answer because at the end of the day, I think those are good options. They would be, but they're, they're too young. You're, you guys are saying, let's see what we have in them. What happens if you throw Dylan Risk out there against Colorado in a sold-out bounce house and then he has a terrible game, then everybody's going to come for his head. You need young guys. If they're not just far and superior, better than the starter, you just need guys to develop. And that's why you really put stock in the young guys, but you need a bridge. Yes, John Rice was a bridge this year, right? But he's also started for two years. And clearly, I don't think anybody's that confident in Timmy McLean. So how are you that confident in Dylan Risk? A guy that's, I think, taken seven snaps in college football? This would be a huge gift for UCF. I think most people know that. And I'm not saying the young guys aren't going to be good. But we need to be realistic with our expectations with these young guys. Like the people that are saying EJ Colson is going to start in year one. I think he's going to be a really good player in college football. He, it could be the future of UCF. Let's wait for him to have a practice in college football first. Right? All right. Really quickly, we will go more in depth on the transfers in and out. Um, probably on next week's, we're again waiting for people to kind of come in. But just wanted um, to say, Josh Seliscar, he kind of he just uh, entered the portal. Um, we don't know where he's going. Um, but again, we're gonna do way more of an in-depth piece um, on all these guys. But um, just to update your guys's um, idea of who UCF has brought in so far, um, just brought in Daylon Dotson. Um, he's a senior, has one year of eligibility left at UT Martin. Um, in the last two years, I think he has 16 and a half sacks in the last two years. So again, when you lose a Traymon Morris Brash, when you lose a Josh Seliscar, it's a good depth piece, a potential starting piece for you, um, which will be really big time. Miles Montgomery, running back, he has two years of eligibility, came from Cincinnati, originally from Jacksonville, so right up the road, um, and what, probably their most efficient rusher. Uh, he was number three on their depth chart. When it came to running backs, he ran 66 times for 428 yards and three touchdowns. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity here. Um, Evan Morris, tight end um, from Michigan State. Again, he's more again he's more of a depth piece, a more of a blocking tight end piece. Won't really see the field too much. Um, again, that's really going to be uh, we brought in tight ends for that reason. We're losing a couple to just uh, running out of eligibility. So UCF is really filling up on those uh, tight end pieces right now. Reese Adkins, he's getting a preferred walk-on. He's got two years left from Eastern Kentucky. Um, then you have Nakai Hill-Green, linebacker from Charlotte. He was all uh, AAC, third team in 23, with 73, 73 total tackles, nine tackles for loss, two sacks, three pass defended, and one forced fumble. Again, really going to help that linebacker depth uh, and really highly rated in the linebacking transfer portal. So, um, again, We'll see when it comes to these linebackers because, again, we brought in a lot of linebacker transfers last year and didn't really see the field. 
Um, Byron Threat, safety from Cincinnati. Uh, he was, I think we talked about it a little bit um, on a couple episodes ago, but big hitter, guy that's really going to be able to, to lay some hits on some guys um, and is really going to help the depth at the safety slash corner position. And then Jabari Brooks, offensive lineman, one more year from Sanford. Um, he was also con first team in 23, and he played center and left guard during his career. Um, so that's all the guys we brought in so far. I'm sure we will hear more names in the next week or so. And then to update your guys' tracker on the guys that have gone out and who um, where they went, uh, Corey Thornton, obviously we know he kind of left. Um, he's got one year left, and he's going to Louisville. Um, Josh Salascar just entered the portal. We don't know where he's going yet, but he's got some offers that he's been posting. Uh, Fred Davis, who he came in last year, uh, didn't play basically at all. Uh, we don't know where he's going yet. Drake Metcalf played center, but you know he was kind of up and down throughout the year. Uh, he's got two years left. He's going to Virginia. Jordan McDonald, running back. Uh, he's a sophomore, has two years left. He's going to Boston College. Tyler Griffin and Jalen uh, Griffin, both wide receivers. They're, uh, they both transferred. Tyler is going to Louisiana Monroe. Jalen, we have no idea. Amari um, Johnson also transferred. He's going to Florida A&M. Uh, Keenan uh, Cupid, uh, he's he's a linebacker. Uh, we don't know where he's going. Uh, Curvis Shoot, he's going to UConn. Isaiah Paul also is in the portal. Dallas Corbett, he's going to Bethune-Cookman. And KD McDaniel, we do not know where he is going. Um, so a lot of guys that are in the portal, but a lot of guys that didn't really impact the roster too much. Um, the two biggest ones are Corey Thornton and Josh Seliscar. Um, Corey Thornton probably being the more impactful, um, but Josh Seliscar, you kind of saw the writing on the wall there. Um, but a, what a guy to um, grace UCF, a, a UCF legend in my opinion with what he did uh, in his time at UCF. And um, now it's Malachi Lawrence time. So I hope Josh finds a really good spot for him moving forward all right guys thank you so much for tuning in we greatly appreciate it please like subscribe comment share do all you do we greatly appreciate it again if you want one of these hats or we have other versions please go down to our etsy shop uh, and buy a hat it's post christmas so take a little bit of that christmas money purchase yourself a hat you got basketball season you can go rock these at a basketball game or uh rock it when you you hear about a big boom so uh drop down in the comments below what you guys think we greatly, greatly appreciate it. All right, everybody, this has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.